Okay, what's up? What's up? It's Everett. I'm here with D. John D. Pasquale, the John Depot. Everybody knows him as Depot. That's right. Um, I'm so worried about this conversation. <laughs> that is the word to use. I would. I would say. I would say that's the proper fucking whatever part of speech that is. I'm really, I'm really concerned before we start. Okay. Something that you should know. So John and I, and I wore this out on per John and I are, and, and listen, we might turn off half the people listening to this podcast, but it is what it is. Okay. We are lifelong Yankee fans. And um, so I got a buddy who collected cards for like a long time since he was a kid. He's a little older than us. And he had a whole collection of cards and uh, he had, dude, he had a Mickey Mantle, like a 1955 wow. Mickey Mantle. Yeah. Like all sorts of stuff. Right. So he's going through all of his stuff. He's getting rid of all of his old stuff and he's selling his stuff. And uh, dude, so I landed this 1954 Yogi Berra that he, what? yeah, I mean, it's, it's super cool. That's worth, bro. It, it, it's believe it or not, it, it, it's not like it's not an amazing condition. It's not like rated. It's not like one of those PSA tens okay. or whatever. So it doesn't. It's not as much as you'd think. You you know, like in the hundreds of dollars, right? Okay. Like not not you know. You're not going on vacation with it. Yeah, which is which is pretty nutty. Um, the other thing was, and it's not here because, and I have this whole music room that I have here, and I, I have this. I. Yeah, I have this. Uh, so there's I have these minor league Yankee cards that were given out to a player while he was on the Tampa Yankees. And this guy that I know was his 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 uh, his college roommate. He was a kicker for Oklahoma State, but he played his roommate played baseball with uh, Derek Jeter and Mariana Rivera. And I have their minor league mint 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 condition Tampa Tampa Rays uh rookie cards or whatever like sitting back here like it's on the you know hung up on the wall it's pretty wild now those those are those those are worth actually quite a bit more but all right john depot listen man i'm sure everybody knows the rules okay the rules are really simple okay rule number one it's all in good fun it's pretty that's pretty straight you know straightforward right uh rule number two is uh you know if 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 you're offended that's it's your fault and all right, we're making fun of everybody. We're Preach. making fun of ourselves. It's America. We're we're First Amendment <laughs> here. Uh, rule rule number three: Don't be a douche. No, you know, no hate speech, all that stuff. I don't have to worry about that with you. Oh uh, and uh, I don't even know what hate speech. I was going to text you, and I was like, Everett, <laughs> hate speech has a different definition for everybody. Please tell me where your line is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. I don't know if I have a line. You're probably, whatever it is, you're probably going to cross it. So that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Stop it. <laughs> rule, rule number four is, you know, your stories must be true. So obviously everybody knows the premise here. Listen, you've spent, you know, give us some intro on yourself, man. Tell us who you are. Tell everybody who's listening who you are. So um, I got into in-home sales uh, with the company that I met you at. Um, actually, it's nine and a half years ago. I got pulled off of sales. Uh, uh, I was selling cars and um, Geo, probably mutual friend of ours, came in to buy a car and uh, ended up liking me and telling, um, are we allowed to use people's names that aren't, don't work with the company yeah, anymore? Dude. So yeah, Mr. Gray, we'll call him Mr. Gray. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he was the manager at the time 
And uh, Gio told him about me, and they ended up uh, getting on the phone with me. This was like a Tuesday. I think on Wednesday, Bill Gray called me, talked to him for a few few minutes on the phone. He told me to come in for an interview on Friday. Um, went in for an interview on Friday, and uh, his closing statement was, you know, any, any questions for me? And uh, I say this to everybody who I know that's going for an interview. If they say you have any questions for you, what I did is I said, when do I start? He laughed, stuck out his hand. He says, you know what? You start Monday just for saying that question. And <laughs> nine and a half years later, I'm still with the same company. Um, you know, I certainly got its ups and downs. Um, but for the most part, it's made my life what it is today. And, you know, it's it's fun, man. And you come up with some crazy stories doing in-home sales. You know, I, I tell people all the time when I'm in their house, when I see something cool, like one of my favorite parts about this job is the fact that I'm in your house and I come across all kinds of weird things. Uh, you just you just do you you come across crazy people you come across crazy animals in people's houses and just you know we were talking about the hoarder before like crazy you know it's not like going to an office and seeing the same four walls every day it's the very opposite of that right you're working in other people's houses yeah and most of the time they don't know that you're coming there that day like at least for our part of the, the work you know they may know a technician's coming out there you know a couple of days from now they might straighten up a little bit but you know they don't necessarily know when they get on the phone with us that we're going to be out there in an hour because that's what our whole thing is so no one's going and cleaning up the house going crazy so i mean like we said we don't know you know we i've seen like sex toys in people's houses and all kinds of crazy things because <laughs> people just so forget tell, like they're just living so tell, so there's so i know you said so you had a list you I had a list you. of stuff yeah and it was uh uh it was an interesting list. So without, you know, so, so let me ask you, as you brought up sex toys already. <laughs> what, two good stories tell, there. All right. So, all right, well, we might just go into it. What, what happened? All right. So I was in this house. It was a mobile home and, uh, I got you, bro. Uh, I'm going to dance a little bit now. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a mobile home and it was a, a mother and daughter. Mother must've been probably, I would say late 60s, early 70s, around then, maybe a little bit older. Daughter was probably late 40s, early 50s. Heavy smokers, so they looked maybe five to ten years older than they actually are. And, you know, part of our job is measuring the home to figure out what size system they need, this and that. And as I go towards the bedrooms, I go into the mom's room, measure. I go to the daughter's room, who is, again, you know, 50s. She's a mom or maybe a grandmother herself. And, you know, those... (laughs) You know those like old school like Hitachi vibrators, those big wand things that have people plug into the wall, the industrial strike. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, and maybe you <laughs> I don't know who's in the room with you right now, but I think you do know what I'm talking about. Anyways, this thing is just sitting there on the top of the dresser, just and she's like, oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, all right, nine by nine, one window, okay, close the door, see you later. <laughs> but it was fucking hysterical. She's like, blood ran from her face and realized that i knew what i was looking at she knew that I, she knew that i knew what i was looking at it was uh it was pretty fucking hysterical uh oh, that was the one time dude. i saw a uh uh a sex toy in a woman's house there was also the time last week i could tell you about it if you want to get into that i don't know if you have any questions about the first story you're looking at somebody i don't know who it is and i feel bad about telling no, the story. Right no 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 <laughs> no well first of all just so we're aware that this is like in my in my ears here so we oh. no one Okay. No one, no one can hear. Yeah, no one can hear what's going on here. All right. Thank, thank goodness. Until they listen to this, which is going to be fantastic. 
Oh, you might not want to tell you the next story then. No, no. See, this is the whole point. Like, this is supposed to be real stories. This is what we're. This is right. why we're doing this to tell the right. real life of what we see every day. So I'm on my way to this house last week, two weeks ago, and I talked to the technician about what's going on in this house. Uh, and he tells me about the story, and he and he when he before he hangs up, he's like, "Oh, wait, 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 John." He's like, "Don't get." Um, He's like, don't get distracted by the the sex swing, and that hung up the phone. That was it. Just don't get distracted by the sex swing. And I was like, all right, what the fuck am I walking into right now? I get to the house, and this guy opens the door. Gentleman, you know, nice guy. You could tell he might um, bat for both teams. We'll say. Um, and as we're going through the house doing the measurements, um, I see there's another guy about his age. Uh, both probably in their like late forties, fifty, like that, and then a young man, maybe in his late twenties, you know, like that, which could have been one of their sons. I don't know. Um, and I came to learn that he was married and is now divorced. Didn't mention anything about his sexuality, obviously, but there was clues, including a sex dungeon in the basement where the furnace was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you walk down the stairs. And then there's just like colorful lighting, right? Fully wall to wall, fully fucking decorated with all kinds of crazy things, including a full on bed with bedding um, with some fucking maybe chains or whatever the hell's going on on the side. And then right next to the bed, there's this like uh, they have like an electric fireplace that like simulates like a fireplace, like one of those like long, thin ones. And hanging from the ceiling like a heavy bag at a gym is a full on active sex swing right next to the bed right in the middle of the basement just full-on sex swing i don't know if it was with him and his wife was using it him and his new dude i don't know what the story was hang on hang on, hang on. so did he go downstairs with you oh yes okay and so we went downstairs for 15 20 minutes just talking about hvac related things so and yeah. not only that the system was here he was here and the sex swing was behind him so i'm facing this fucking thing the entire time and he can't not know that that's there like that's a purchase you would make again no 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 i was gonna say like do you think that he thought like he just so immune to it that it was sort of like n normalized for him like he didn't even think twice about it he's like no this is my sex room i, I was worried that he left it up because maybe he was waiting for me to make a comment so he could dish out an invitation i don't know uh, well, you are handsome, so that those things those things happen. <laughs> I don't know if I flag anybody's gaydar, but um, yeah, it was so, it was interesting to see. So red tell balls. me about what's going through your head right there. Like, are you thinking to yourself, like, okay, um, like let's just ignore that this exists completely? Like, is that where we're is that where we're at? I mean, listen. If it was me and I was not working, we for shit sure would be talking about it. But the fact of the matter is I'm at your house with the intention of making a paycheck to pay my mortgage and feed my family. So I know that if I make it awkward, that's going to give you enough of a reason right there, right then and there to not give me the sale. So I wasn't going to risk directly bringing anything crazy up like that. But it was, I mean, talk about an elephant in the fucking room, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Just silver metal with this black looks like a horse saddle just hanging from the ceiling just sitting there it was it was pretty wild 
And this was you just know, like two Eric, weeks ago. If it was, if it was, it was in 2024. I'll put it to you that way. You know, I have a record behind me that I got from a guy in Oldbridge that, um, you know, and, and listen, they're a wonderful couple, you know, batted for the other team. Very cool. The yep. guy was inebriated. He oh. was drunk out of his mind. And, you know, we, we had a great time. Everything was cool. You know, I love, you know, music and musicals and all sorts of other stuff and sure. you know, all sorts of music. And we were listening to records. He was putting records on. There was no, there was no sales call. It was just, I'm listening to records. We're going to talk about HVAC at some point in time. And they bought a system. And then he, he, he's sitting there, he's flirting with me so badly. And I don't think he realized it like right in front of his husband. And the guy's just flirting with me. And, and then he hands me this record. And he goes, I want you to have this. I want you to have this record. And I'm like, okay, like, that's a cool gift. I appreciate it. I hope your husband doesn't mind that you hit on me for the last two hours. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what do you know? <laughs> there we are. And he bought, see, that's the thing. I know you don't want to make this about like sales strategies and stuff, but if you can make a sales call, not about the sale, about anything else in the world that you connect with somebody, chances are you're going to sell that. 100%. 100%. And, and you're right. It's not about strategy, but but it comes out in the story, right? It'd be unnatural for us to not address, you know, the, the, that, that, that portion of it, right? Um, you know, it, I think, and I talked about this today, and I think if it's like, if, you, if your intent is to go in there and to, you know, try to sell somebody something, like, you're, you're probably not going to. Like that's yeah. just that's just the reality, right? And I think part of why you're successful and and you know I you know I've had a lot of success and a lot of that Phil and a lot of other people have had success. I think it's because we're good at making friends. We're good at being real with people. And I think that that the faster people realize that, you know, the faster they're going to get you know real good real fast. So, but what else you got in the arsenal there? I'd be interested to hear because I saw some things on that list that I was like, now mind you, I didn't say this before, but obviously this is completely unscripted, unedited. So everything mm -hmm. you say can and will be used against you all right <laughs> yeah i've been worried about that for two years doing my podcast about the dry sand so crazy things on that podcast too mm. um plug that plug your podcast now what, what what's the name of your podcast again so i'm uh i do with uh mike and jules the big blue offensive podcast it's a new york football giants podcast we've been doing it the last couple of years um you know it's not our main career obviously it's just we do it just kind of for uh for fun but we got you know listeners um every couple of months i'll ask mike to rattle off you know the new countries that we have that have listened to us and there's got to be probably 25 30 different countries we've come up on our list that people have uh the listener india italy and you know name a country wow. and there's a chance that you know we, we, were, we were streaming there it's it's pretty wild because you just you know like me and you we're sitting in our homes right now just bullshitting and all of a sudden somebody in fucking you know cameroon is listening to us because they had their in sales and they want to hear some crazy stories well, there is somebody. So I got to listen. I looked at the the stats. I got to listen from Turkey. There you go. You want to guess? You want to guess who that was? John Sebras. <laughs> I was right. I, I I don't know. It just so it just shows me analytics and says you have listeners in Turkey, and I yeah. I don't know anybody else in the country of Turkey, and uh, I'm sure this podcast is so new at this point in time that it has to be John. So yeah. Um, something uh, cool, something to that effect that was that's pretty cool that I had to do on my podcast. And we can get back to uh, some couple, a uh, couple cool stories. Um, we at one point, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence, the the defensive tackle for the New York Giants, sexy yeah. Dexy as he's called, uh, him, Leonard yeah. Williams, who I'm sure you're very familiar with as a, as a Jets sure, fan, yeah. Um, and 
uh, a couple other guys at some points during the off season, they had posted on Instagram that they were in this particular country, this particular Island on vacation altogether. And, um, the, the following week we had, we had talked about it, whatever it was. Uh, Oh no, 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 no. So how did this go? So we, we saw on, we saw that they were in this country and then when we're on the podcast, we looked it up and then that country had popped up. So it was like, I don't know, let's say Aruba or something like that or whatever they were, St. Thomas, uh, someplace in the Caribbean, and that country had turned up. So the joke for a few weeks was that, you know, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams and shit listened to our podcast. So I don't know if it's true, but they, pro- they, pro- they probably did. Evidence suggests that they did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so what's so what do you got? You got some crazy stuff? What do you got? So the oldest memory I have of being in this business is actually not a particularly funny one in any way, shape, or form. If you notice on the list, number one is old Polish guy with gun. Um, and it's it's a pretty sad story, but I was in this house. Uh, I was an old guy, he's six eight. Uh, I don't know if he was Polish, but definitely Eastern European of some kinds. And very somber fella. Uh, needed a system, and this is I'm going back. This is 2014, 2015, like that. Um, show me the system. We go through the information, and we're sitting at his kitchen table. All the while, he's got this Manila folder with a photo of what turns out to be him and his wife when they first met, sixty something years ago, and he had recently lost her. And mm. on his table, the entire time I was with this guy, was a little revolver and one bullet. So he said he wanted to have the house fixed up for when, uh, you know, if anything ever happened to him, so his kids wouldn't have to deal with anything. Um, so I don't know what ended up ever coming out of that, uh, but that shit sits with me. I is I will never forget the black gun with the you know, brown wood handle and the one bullet just sitting there right next to the Manila folder, opened up to a picture of him and his wife when they were kids, and the, just this just the sadness in the guy's voice, and just like you could even like you could almost see his aura was like just broken um and uh yeah and i guess not a particularly rosy story in any way shape or form um but yeah man this old guy it was it was heartbreaking even to this day just thinking about like you know so did you guys have any conversations like i mean after he told you that or after you saw that i mean did you i mean it's tough to do and i was also very new to the business so i didn't i definitely was not trying to uh you know, make a conversation of it. And you, you could just, the energy in the house was that of like, hey, listen, do what you got to do here, help the guy out and keep him moving. And uh, yeah, he was, yeah, it was, it was pretty sad, man. He was just, you know, all hunched over and just like a broken, like he lost his best friend, which obviously he did. Um, mm. But it was, it was pretty crazy, man. It was, he bought, you know, thank God <laughs> uh, for my, for my sake, but. Uh, it's a story that I'll never forget, and it's probably, you know, obviously the darkest of any stories that I'll have on here, or hopefully in my career. Uh, but yeah, just mm-hmm. seeing that old guy, man, lost lost his wife, and I don't know what he was prepared to do with that one bullet, but I don't think it was anything good. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I've met a lot of lonely people. Uh, this is something that is a common theme that there's just a lot, like, I just noticed, like, it, it seems, and I, I don't, I, I, who knows why, but, you know, it's like, I met, I ran a string and like, and I'll never forget this. And it was like, you know, before I moved, before I moved to Dallas and it was this uh string of like two weeks 
where I met with like six or seven widows in like a two week period. And I, 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 for the life of me, I couldn't understand what I thought like God's trying to tell me something. I'm like, Holy moly. And then this woman, I told her this in the house in Piscataway. And I said, Hey, uh, I, I'm just going to tell you, so, cause we had a really tight bond. Her husband had died not to, you know, I said, this is just crazy. I'm just going to tell you this because I'm, I'm a spiritual guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I told her and she was like, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm like, am I going to die? You know, she's like, and I think she had a, she just said, Hey, I think the you know, God, the universe is trying to tell you the importance of being a father of being a husband. That was her takeaway on it. And I took that and I, and I, I kept it with me and I, and I brought that into my, my life. Cause I thought about that. It made me a better person. I could see that. I could also, where I thought you were going to go with that, um, as your listeners will uh, learn over your, you know, doing the continuing to do this podcast, you have a very likable personality and you have awesome energy about you. Um, and the first thing I thought of when you when you said that is God or the universe or whatever word you want to term you want to use for whatever we're talking about there put you in front of these people because they were in a very dark place and you have a uh, you have a joy about you. So maybe that would, that would have been nice if they said that, John, but they didn't say that. I that's what I thought. That's that's what I have. That's what I why I would see you going to all these places that there was a few people that needed you and you know you were sent there because. You know, I, I guarantee you, knowing you for the better part of seven, eight years at this point, at some point, each one of those people smiled while you were at their house. I guarantee it. Yeah. Huh. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So <laughs> what uh you so want to hear the what, next what, one? Yeah, you, know, you know what, dude? Like, yeah, let's just let's just let's just make it just make it natural, you know, whatever it is, you know. I mean So we just had a dark story, so let's lighten it up with the with with yeah, the second let, story on this. For sure. Lady in robe. Um, I like the name of this story already. Oh, yes. You're going to like the story. So um, I get a call and and I get to um, some in this house in uh, Colts Neck or Middletown, you know, someplace in central Jersey with a very large house. Um, Lady opens up the door. Turns out she's the housekeeper. She's just, you know, some little, you know, South American lady who's, you know, cleaning. And it's one of these houses where you walk into like this grand foyer and it's got the two staircases that go up with the, uh, the balcony that connects the master suite, the master wing upstairs to where all the children's bedrooms would be. And this lady comes down in a silk robe, poking through short, maybe like a third the thigh down, just loose, silky robe, pointed. Both both nipples just beep, right right in your face. So <laughs> this woman for an hour. I'm not kidding. I was in the house for an hour and a half. The first hour just stayed in this fucking robe. Walked me up and down. Hey, follow me upstairs. The system's in the attic. Uh, and, and listen, I forgot to say. This lady was probably like early 40s, right? So she's not going to be the equivalent of some 22-year-old Maxim model. But what I'll tell you is this. Bro, you just... She could have been. She was gorgeous. Bro, you just... 
you just early 2000s yourself. How? Well, you said you, you said she's not some Maxim model, and I, I haven't even heard, I haven't oh, even heard yeah. a reference to that magazine. I haven't even heard a reference to that magazine in like tw literally 15 years. Yeah. So, well, what, congrat what congratulations. What's that? I, you can see the grays in the beard. I'm not hiding. Uh, 36 in the chain, 37 next month. Um, All right, so she's there. Her nips are out. Her nips she's are talking out. to you. Now, 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 okay, tell me about, like, what's the internal dialogue here? Uh, it's just, thank you, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh <laughs> You know, she wasn't like coming on. So I'm not trying to pretend like you know it's it was any anything like that. But was she um, intoxicated? No, no. This was midday. This was just, you know, she must have appreciated um, being looked at um, as a desirable person. Uh, where maybe her husband wasn't looking at her the same way than when they were younger. I don't know. Uh, but she definitely was enjoying being in that fucking robe. There's no question about it. Towards the end of the sit, she did go and change and put something more modest on. Um, uh, she was going out. She left in her Ferrari uh, just to paint the full oh. picture. Yeah, exactly. Her husband had bought her a Ferrari a few years back for whatever reason. Who knows? Um, but there's a possibility that all those different data points are all tied together. And the reason why she was looking to have someone else enjoy her beauty from a distance. Um, Survey but, says... Yeah, uh, yeah. If you connect the dots, dots there, she was having fun. Uh, but yeah, this like just dark silk. You know, like I said, this wasn't a like your grandmother's robe. This was like a robe that they used to cover up porn actresses in between scenes. Um, yeah, and she was enjoying it. That's all. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And she's like, "Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta talk to my husband about this." So she didn't buy, but she. <laughs> Pulled out of the driveway when I was in the driveway in a silver Ferrari. And I was like, <laughs> she rolls out in a Ferrari and she doesn't buy. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was, right. uh, that was a long time ago, too. So, Nancy, if you listen to this, this is before I met you. <laughs> you got to preface that. You yeah. got to preface things. Well, okay. If you can edit yeah. that, put that sentence in the front of the story. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I told you this, John, but this is unedited. Damn unabridged and it's uh what you say is what you say so it is what it is otherwise it would take away the whole authenticity of this uh i hear you we don't have our podcast either, so i understand completely well just make sure it doesn't get forwarded to her i guess is you know the best i could say right i mean I'm just yeah. yeah i'm gonna send her a copy myself actually. <laughs> hey nance yeah. here's here's a copy <laughs> Here lady, it is. Oh, you got to change your name to Lady and Rub. Um, yeah, yeah, I dude. did. I'm gonna. Yeah. Are you gonna, you so gonna uh, <laughs> so um, tell me. So tell me. So tell me something. Tell me something. What's like the most surprising? Like the random surprising. Like what the heck is going on? Kind of kind of story. What do you What do you got in the arsenal there? Um. So one thing that was truly disgusting and revolting, and I apologize to anybody eating while listening to this, uh, but I pull up to this house and I can't say, so I was in this house because I never actually got into the house. Um, as I'm walking up the driveway, this house is a nice house for Central Jersey, right? You know, it's in a whole colonial, nothing 
too dramatic, but not a small house either. Um, not disastrous, but not well kept either. As I'm walking up the driveway, the garage is closed, but I can smell something from it. And the lady runs out the front door, right? Meets me in the driveway. Says, "Hey, I'll meet you down there. I'll meet you, I'll meet you at the base of the driveway." And there's just a smell coming from the house. I was like, what the fuck? Right? So I'm talking to her down at the street, which is probably like a 50, 60 foot driveway. So not like, not short. Um, and we're talking. She's like, listen, my house is a mess. This and that. I got to get a company to come in here and uh, take care of it. She was a hoarder, it turned out. And she's like, I just want a price on the, to, to replace the system. And I was like, well, I was like, I understand that you don't want me to go in the house, but I don't know what to replace your system with without actually going there. And this is probably like seven or eight years ago before the technicians were uploading pictures and stuff like that. So I had no idea what was in there because, um, you know, they're not exactly the best at <laughs> divulging all the information for some reason. But anyways, um, I was like, listen, I was like, I just got to get into the basement just to see the system and then we'll be out. I don't have to go through the whole thing if you don't want me to this and that. So she's like, okay. She's like, I can take you into the basement directly from the garage and it'll take you right into the basement. But please understand, like, it's a it's a mess. So start walking up the driveway, and again, as I get close to the house, I start to smell this just pungent, rancid, I don't know. Lady opens the garage up, and I get billowed, like like if, as, like as backdraft the movie with the fire and the elevator, whatever it was, but of cat piss. This lady, oh. ever, when you go into a house that has cats oh. and they don't take care of them, it's not like dogs. It's not like a hoarder. It is a unique tinge to the air like almost you could see see it in the air and you know exactly this is what i'm talking about this lady must have had horrific horrific bro i walked i didn't get halfway into the garage i had maybe taken three breaths since i stepped into the garage and i I literally told the listen i'm really sorry i can't continue i have to turn around and get get back and i can't breathe in here so I she went downstairs, took a picture of the system. I met her in the garage. I met her outside of the, at the end of the driveway. Never actually went into the house, but boxes, garbage, just just think of the TLC show hoarders, and then just drip a pool full of cat piss on top of it. And this is what this lady existed like. I literally at the time we had a different manager than we do now. I asked the manager, I was like, listen, I was like, I was only in the house for a minute. I can't get the smell out of my nose. I was like, let me go home and take a quick shower, change my clothes, because I don't want to go into my house smelling like this if they can smell me, because no one's going to buy shit for me if I smell like I was just fucking, I'm a litter box. It was the most revolting smell I've ever smelled in my entire life. It's mental, it's mental illness too. Um, And I, yeah, like I told you, I have uh, this woman coming on who does uh, like cleans out hoarders houses and she has shown pictures. Like I can't even, and she's doing TikToks now where she does like a before and after. She and it's 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 unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like one day she got like in like an hour, she got like 2000 followers on TikTok from posting one. Red- I mean, the video is disgusting. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I actually remember doing a job. Uh, this is like five years ago or so where like eh, it didn't smell so good. I was in the basement and then the guys that sta- the, the, the guys actually got there and they brought like. I mean, they brought like gas masks or whatever they brought, and they were like, "We we can't work." They actually said, "We can't do this job. We can't work here." They said, "You're gonna have to keep all the windows and all the doors open uh, for the whole night, and we'll come back tomorrow because we just can't. We can't breathe down here." Yeah. And so they did it. 
and I met, there was another woman up in like Hackensack area. And I'm not even kidding when I say this, this is crazy. Now her house didn't smell, but you know how they say it was like cat people. Mm-hmm. This woman, okay, lonely woman. I mean, I was out in the backyard and I'm looking around. I see all these cats everywhere. Turns out she was like feeding all the strays and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they were like coming in and out of the house. She had 18 cats. She had 18 cats. Like she's the actual cat lady. Yeah. Like the, she's the yeah. cat lady. Yeah. She's the poster yeah. child for the, for the word. 18, eight, yeah, 18 cats. It's I, I always joke with Nancy cause she's, she loves cats. We had, uh, when we went to Jamaica, if you remember from my wedding a couple months back, we, uh, we had just gotten two kittens a couple months prior. And since about two weeks I'm ago, I'm sorry. Yeah. They had babies. So now I have the two cats that are only six months old and they had just had four kittens. So right now I have six cats in my house. Uh, it is Dude, a disaster. Why? We didn't want, it? we didn't uh, plan for this. This just happens. Uh, happens. In the so night. hang on the two kittens that you got, were they brother and sister? They were from the same litter. Okay. So, so you have inbred kittens. Yeah. They're cute as fuck though. I'll tell you that. Hold on. Let me, I just got to back up here for a second. So I don't think the cats know about what you're talking. I think they just have an, okay. I don't, I don't know. Is is that a thing? Like, do we know? I, like, is that like, is uh, that a thing? Like, can you inbred uh, kittens, cats, or do they not care? I, is it like, do they not follow the same, the same order of operations? Uh, what I can tell you is what I, from what I understand, all cheetahs look exactly the same because of inbreeding. Um, there's not very much difference in their spots and stuff like that because of inbreeding. I don't know. Uh, tigers mm. do look different. They say no, two, two tigers have the same stripes. Um, but yeah, they uh, they don't have any qualms about it. Apparently, uh, they were mm. from the same litter. We got them. They were maybe three or four weeks old. Uh, someone had fucking thrown their litter, which was six cats, into a dumpster. Like had a sack of kittens and threw them in the dumpster. Can I can I can I talk about that for a second? Sure. Why is it okay? So I have three cats. Okay. I have one cat that was found in a gutter, like born in a gutter, an actual gutter, and they pulled the cat out of the gutter. Like, I can kind of understand that. Like, okay, yeah. like, whatever. A straight cat having there. a baby. All right. The other cat is a dumpster cat. So I have, I have a gutter cat and I have a dumpster cat. But so hold on. So then the dumpster cat, I, I I don't this I don't understand. Why is every cat thrown away in the dumpster? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. This is ready. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think that these places that find them, the rescues, they say, and, and people story. are gonna hate me for people are gonna hate me for saying this. I, I know they will, but I think they just tell people and it's okay. I think it's fine, right? Dude, I was hey, listen, I was adopted, okay? And when I was uh, when I was a kid a baby or whatever. I was actually, believe it or not, I was, I was, I was actually a foster kid. And then, uh, you know, but I was a really young baby. And then they like totally lied to my mom and said, yeah, yeah, he's with foster family. It's really, you know, whatever story. And so that she would adopt me. And there I am. I got adopted and it was good. It worked out. It, it worked out. I got to live in the burbs. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, it works, but I will say this, this was just a lady. This was just like, uh, Someone posted on a Facebook and her friend, someone had given her a bag of cats, a sack of cats. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah. And That's normal. Had, 
Yeah, she's someone found the sack of kittens in the dumpster. They heard a meowing. They went to the dumpster, took them the cats out. And oh, that's crazy. Uh, see, now this sounds like a real story. Yeah. See, but I'm just saying, it seems like every cat, every dog, everything was found yeah. in the corner of the dark. And right. it would, it, if, if it wasn't for you, you know, mm-hmm. pulling them out of this darkness, yeah. th- that they would still be in this lonely corner. And I, I'm not saying that the animals aren't mistreated at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it seems like every single story I hear yeah. is like one of four stories. Yeah. So I, I'm in sorry. Head, right now, all I hear is a Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> 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 oh, no, you could sing i can't oh, um, i probably offended so many animal lovers saying that it's probably so bad i mean but you're not wrong though every <laughs> you know I did my be. dog rescue did i rescue my dog or did my, my dog rescue me like it's just it's you know it's they they, they always oh. have a fucking story oh he was found down by the fucking la river he was eating fucking squirrels and shit and you know now I had he was dog. in a van yeah down by the river yeah <laughs> that's enough um yeah dude so they they ended up having some kittens but uh it's you know they're two weeks old and you know i don't know if you want a fourth cat but i'm sure i could send one to dallas i gotta find homes for these motherfuckers no and i'm not even no. gonna say no thank you <laughs> i'm not even gonna say no thank you i'm just gonna say no <laughs> there you go i don't want Emphatic. you to think that there's anything polite about my no no. <laughs> just no yeah yeah option do nothing check <laughs> <laughs> can you do me a favor it's been years <laughs> since i've heard this story told can you tell me about the talk to my neighbor can you tell me that story no, again no there, are we, i wanted to that one i wanted almost to be like a standalone episode like i i just uh, <laughs> Oh, man. I just was gonna make it like a five minute story. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, it's in air, so nah, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. I just had it on my list. No. It's such a fucking funny story, bro. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I will tell it, and when I do, because <laughs> because Bill said it at the end of the last episode, and he said, "Yeah, he did that." Why don't you talk to your neighbor? <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll leave it out there. We'll put a teaser. Just know. Guys, when I post my uh, the name of the episode will be "Why do you want to talk to my neighbor?" <laughs> Can you write it the way I wrote it? Because he's like talking to my neighbor. <laughs> like, Why do you want to talk to my neighbor? Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. What else you got, man? What else you got? Cat ladies, you got cat ladies. You got a very sad suicidal kind of story. You got naked women. What else you got? Well, just as a reminder, when uh when Russ comes on, I don't know when you're gonna have him on. Or are are you gonna have Russ on at some point? Oh yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Tell him Tiger Dog. That'll be the the name of your episode, Tiger Dog. All right. it, Tiger it, Dog. Tiger Dog. He'll tell you. It's it's uh uh what you oh, Um, yeah. So this one time I uh, um so I was in this house and it was a really nice house in North Jersey somewhere, and. You know, we you, you were talking about sports memorabilia a couple couple minutes ago, and unfortunately, my fucking light blew out of my office the other day, and I forgot to change the bulb. So I apologize. It's like what happened talking. to Phil. Yeah. So I don't know if you can see behind me, but I got a, I think a signed baseballs over here. Uh, above that, which you can't see because it's too dark, 
It's an Andy Pettit uh, signed plaque. I have a signed Saquon jersey above me, above the television in front of me. Um, so I'm into sports memorabilia, this you know, kind of the same way you are. And I'm in this house, and this is one of this, this is a big ass house. This is no like center, central Jersey Center Hall Colonial. This is like a holy fuck house. And this guy's got a room that was like 40 feet by 20 feet, just like up in the whatever fucking eastern wing of the house that is just wall to wall, like a museum, not like our rooms where it's kind of just like stuff like, you know, scattered around, like looks cool or whatever. This was like, you know, you walk through like a gallery and there's one painting with a light above it, plaque underneath it and tells you what it is. Then 10 feet over is another thing. Picture that like Scrooge McDuck's house with all these like almost priceless autographed fucking things from all sorts of different sports, sports figures. And he didn't go through the room like piece by piece with me. Um, but we had walked through it and he had mentioned, oh, he's like this. He's like, that thing's worth like $16,000. This thing's worth like $8,000. And just like looking around, I was like, there's probably a hundred or more thousand dollars in fucking sports memorabilia. And there's one room alone in this guy's house. Just all kinds of cool autograph things. Like, like you said, like a Mickey Mantle fucking autograph card, like crazy, crazy fucking things that this guy had in his, in his house. Um, and that just kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about like it was one of the coolest parts about the job is seeing crazy things. I was in this house one time. Uh, so this house and this fucking it's got a two floor aquarium in this house. Like Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo had just wrapped his walls with all different, you know, fish tanks and on two different floors. His basement was basically a fish market of all different kinds of tropical fish and stuff like that, and all these different aquariums, and his first floor. Half of his first floor was all fucking uh, mm. aquariums, all different kinds of fish. This is salt water. This you is you ask thing. a guy what 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 that what what that kind of thing costs. I didn't specifically ask him, but there was no doubt it was it was life savings was in these fish because mm. it was sixty different tanks of different kinds of things and like all taken care of. Nothing was like. I mean, bro, uh, people got their fucking passion. Yo, th- I just okay. So think about that for a second, right? This dude has a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars worth of fish tanks and tropical, you know, rare fish. fish. Yep. Okay. Think about the amount of obsession, uh, you know, infatuation you have to have in order to spend that kind of money. I mean, it's, it's, and, and what's crazy is like, we live in a very like kind of normal world, like, oh yeah, football on Sundays, you know, uh, Turkey on Thanksgiving, whatever. Right. But like, I don't think people realize how many straight, like strange people there that there are. And when you like you, okay, so let's do the math. I did this with Phil. 10 years, roughly 10 years, 500 calls a year. You've been in about 5,000 houses and you obviously more probably, you probably worth five, you work five and a half, six days, whatever it is. I mean, it's a lot of houses, right? So, and you figure that translates to tens of thousands of people, you know, a few house, you know, a couple of people, a few people per house. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you reminded me of the fish tanks. I walked into this house. It was in Manalapan. I think it was Manalapan, dude, in New Jersey. Okay. I walk in and there were endangered species among other animals hanging in uh on the walls everywhere 
all over the place. Wow. Rugs. Hunter. R- dude, r- I'm talking went to, on safaris, paid t- hundreds of thousands of dollars over however many years, mm-hmm. went back, had like strange Ibex and like all the, in fact, wow. I even asked about this one animal that I had never seen. He's like, yeah, actually that's illegal. Like you can't even hunt those. And it was all taxidermied. Yeah. Can't yeah, he was like, Yeah, it's taxidermied. Um, it was taxidermied, it was it was nuts. I mean, a bear skin rug. I mean, you there wasn't a a, a spot on the wall of this house that didn't have an animal head on the wall. It was the the the, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I'm not all about you know killing endangered animals, but I'm just saying it was one of the coolest things I'd ever really seen it was one of the weirdest things i've ever seen too and when the guy was like yeah that's illegal you can't even hunt those anymore like you're not even allowed to it's illegal i was like yeah. oh that's interesting yeah yeah that's wild this, i don't know so i you know i think for the average person you're not going to be in all that many houses in your life think about it. like you're going to go in your own <laughs> houses which you're probably going to own maybe three or four houses in your lifetime you know whatever friends and friends of friends maybe you'll be in like 30 houses in your entire life Bro, think about one of the, some of the people that we've seen that are sort of hermity, you know, hermit like yeah. people. They probably be lucky to go into like three or four houses a year that aren't yeah. maybe less that aren't their yes. own. Yeah. What would yeah. what you know, if you don't if you don't have I mean, just something like the average person, like if you don't do in-home anything and you go to an office, you work a job for 25 years or you just always never worked in people's houses, what reason would you be having to go into random people's houses? Zero. So you're going to go into your aunt's house, your cousin's house, your buddy's house, and that's pretty much fucking it for your whole entire life. So when you go into these houses and especially like in New Jersey, you don't find a, a ton of hunters like that. When you see an animal on a wall like that, and maybe if this is just me and maybe I'm just talking you know and i'm the only person on this island here but when you look and you see like a bear on someone's wall like a bear head or even just a deer head it's kind of striking like it, it grabs you like it grabs your attention like you just see this thing like hanging on the wall and when you go to someone's house and they have like an ace ventura fucking style where there's all kinds of animals all over the place and you're just looking around there's an eerie sense of death and like also like sportsman like you know prowess like you almost like respect the guy like bro like you put fucking work in to make this room look like this. Like, yeah, you take that to take this. This is not like, you know, I learned how to snowboard over a weekend and I'll have a couple of brews here and there. Like, this is your, <laughs> you love this shit. Like, you're a professional. Yeah. 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 So like here in Texas though, it's not, I mean, it's very common. Yeah. Completely different. In Jersey, yeah. Very, it's very common to see, you know, antlers up on the wall, you know, but still it's usually the same animals, right? It's like, Oh, like, you know, that's a hog. That's a, Usually you're not gonna you're not gonna taxidermy hogs, but if it was like a wart hog or something like that, or yeah, like some big elk, yeah, or like a fish, you know, whatever. But yeah, that yeah, it's it. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna say I, I um the, my last appointment of 2023, walked into this guy's house. Uh, so I'm in this house, right? Uh, guy takes to the basement where the system is, and as I come down the stairs, speaking of Ace Ventura, there's this like. 10 foot crate that you would see like they would transport animals with like almost like with the red stamp on it like you know like the regular like white pine looking wood and it's just like this crate that's built and there's like these two windows and you can see that it's like a terrarium built into this monster crate so as we're going this is i'm looking i'm like 
what the, I was like, what do you got in there? And he's like, he's like, are you afraid of snakes? And I was like, I mean, this is a big crate. Uh, maybe <laughs> not usually. Uh, but this guy had, I mean, I wrote 14 foot Python. This thing was no less than 11, 12 feet and girth. So I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, what do you, what is going on here? Like you have a, a fucking, you know, apex predator just in your basement chilling. Like he's like, he's like, man, he's like, I'm, I'm almost you know, 40 years old. He's like, I've had this thing since I was a teenager. He's like almost 30 years old. This snake had a, he got the snake like 30 years ago or 20 something years or whatever it was, had it his whole entire life only takes it out when he's home alone, right? Locks the basement door, goes downstairs and let it have run of the basement. Doesn't ever try to hurt him. Like that's his best friend. And like it, it bro, it was, the, the head was like, like, like this, like, I, I know you can't tell because of the camera, but the head was like, like, it's like, it's like, it's like this. Yeah. Like, so, isn't that such a strange existence? A snake or just like, having snakes? Yeah. Like, like owning a domesticated snake in some kind of cage, terrarium, whatever it is. And that's its life. And then you feed it. And the, you know, I mean, it's down there in the basement lights come on. I mean, it's just weird. It's just a strange existence. It's weird. And it's kind of cruel. Um, I guess, you know, it's one thing a dog, right? Like, Oh, you take out the dog, you play with the dog, the dog goes in and out of the house and everything else. And it's like, kind of like doing its thing. You take it to the dog park. It's another thing. The thing lives in basically this, you know, and and look, they probably live in the jungle in like a tiny little, you know, space their whole lives anyway. But I'm just saying, it's like a very, it's a very strange domesticate. I always thought that was weird. Like just domesticated, like animals that really, and I'm sure I'm going to offend some snake lover out there. I promise you, someone's going to get offended. Um, but like, right. Like it doesn't like, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. There's, is there, there's no affection there. It's not like, you know, you come home and your snake greets you at the door. I, I can't imagine that uh, at all. <laughs> I know my cousin <laughs> had a snake when I was a kid and he only had it for a few months. One of my good buddies had a, had a snake for, for, uh, you know, like a year or two. And, you know, he'll, he says that this thing was affectionate, but like, all right, so what do you do? You're taking that out of the fucking tank. It's in your hand, wrapped around your hand, and it looks at you and like like a snake does, and you think it's trying to kiss you like a cat would. Like, I don't know what you're thinking about. I was like, but it's, you know, it's I don't know how affectionate a snake is. Um, I think it's just something about like the rebelliousness of having a snake for people. Because I always want those things. think so? I think there's yeah. people, because I know somebody that she loves these snakes. Like, I love I mean, things. it's like, oh, great. I offended you. No, no, no. It's a weird thing to fucking want to have, you know, the, the fucking mark of the devil. Like, that's the usual one. Yeah. You know? But, um, dude, what? You didn't go through your whole. Do you have, is there more on that list there? What else you got on that list there? Is there um, something else? I got old gun. I got lady in robe, 14 foot python, lady, uh, cat lady hoarder. Um, the first time I ever had an Indian meal. So I was in this house. And this very nice family offered me Indian food. And listen, I have one of the most narrow palates of any human being I've ever had in my entire life. Right. Food. Meatballs, sauce, right. pasta. That's it. That's Chicken it. That's parmigiano. Yeah. Chicken I'll have picada. an Italian sandwich for lunch. Everyone. No. Um, but yeah, I grew up in an Italian household. And that's pretty much, you know, I ate Italian food, steak, pork chops, chicken collets. And that was like my whole, my, my whole palate, my entire life. I didn't have, try sushi. 
until I was like in my mid twenties. And to this day, I can't eat it. Like I, I'll have a piece and be like, Oh, that was pretty good. I have another piece. Oh, that's pretty good. Wasabi. I like spicy. But a third, by the third piece, I'm literally, I mean like little piece. I don't mean like roll. I mean, third piece. I'm like trying to choke it down my fucking throat. And I just can't right, eat so, it. Like, so, all right. So you got this this nice Indian couple and uh, family, and what they make you some Indian food. Oh, I got to hear this. What they, happened? They're making dinner, and as you know, when when in that section of the world, when they make dinner, you know the neighbors know, everybody knows. Um, pungent, spicy, um, but they're like, "No, you got to try it. It's so good." And I was like, "I never had Indian food ever." And he's like, you know, I, "I told him I was like, I do like spicy food. I will say I like you know." I'll sit here and sweat into my, my into my eyeballs. Like I like spicy food. And he was okay. So whatever whatever dish his, his wife was making, they gave me was just a chicken dish with rice. And I had it and I was like, you know what? This is fucking pretty good. And um, not that I've had any of it a whole bunch of times since then, but it did change my perspective and broaden my pal a little bit. That's this one um Indian family. So thank you to whatever Patel's that was. So, so you, this is a very interesting choice of story because if you think about it, right, it's not strange. It's not out of the world. It's not, it, there's nothing weird about it. It's nothing crazy about it. You just tried new food. And I think that that is something that we can all learn from, right? It's like you have learned to open up your mind, open up your, your, you know, your keep, keep, you know, keep the pathways open. Let me listen. There's a lot. I was handcuffed by my training. I got to say that. So in my training for HVAC sales, I was told if someone offers you something, unless it's alcohol or drugs, never say no. Take whatever yeah, you they say. Yes. You have to say Every yes. Time. That's the water, you know, dinner, whatever the case is, you know, don't ever say no. You don't ever want to say someone no because you don't want something to say no to you. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So I was like, fuck. I got to sell them something, even though they're probably not going to buy it because they're Indians. But, um, the <laughs> uh or they're gonna cancel whatever uh and i was kind of forced like you know what let me let me fucking try it and i i will say it was it was fucking good whatever she made you know authentic they were from india it was spicy as fuck but what's better than chicken and rice and spicy that's yeah, i mean a bowl of pasta a slice of pizza there's a bunch of things that are better than, than that but still you know what i mean so you look back at 10 years of mm. doing this and if you could if you could tell yourself something 10 years like go back in the past and talk to 10 10 10 years ago John uh -huh. what would you say trust your instincts yeah trust your instincts um I felt it when, you know, Gio told me to uh, to talk to Bill and um, you know give it a shot. You know, you, you know, you, you know, you're doing, you're good at sales. And at the time, I was only like, I was 26, 27 years old at the time, so wasn't like a seasoned salesperson from the standpoint of like, you know, I was in the car business for 10 years, like a lot of you guys were and stuff like that. You know, like Ross and Phil and all them. Um, you know, I did sales, but I worked for Verizon and worked for supplement companies. So like big ticket items that was relatively new to. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it was like trust yourself. Like you're I like uh, it was like make sure you make sure you do like the right thing there and like give it your all. And it's where you're supposed to be. And you know, nine and a half years later, like I don't regret for a second uh 
choosing to come to this company and never ever once even creating a resume since I've been there to explore other opportunities. Um, you know, for the most part, they've done right by me. I've done right by them trying to, you know, always, um, they're doing my best when people's houses represent the company as good as I can. Um, and you know, perform well, which I, which I have. So I'm glad I didn't, um, doubt my skill, my, my, my skill set in the field where I could have made a life for myself. Cause you know, at the time I, I was, you know, I was in an apartment, I was not making a ton of money. Uh, and you know, it could have went a lot of different ways for me. Um, you know, with different jobs and maybe I would have gone into construction or I took some city exam somewhere and had to move to Staten Island and stuff like that to go be a cop somewhere. Like I have a whole different, you know, wonderful life because I trust them instincts. I didn't get scared yeah. of like, okay, you're not going to have anything. You're going to a whole new thing. You don't know nothing about, you know, HVAC you have no interest in, you're not mechanically inclined like that. Just trust your instincts and, you know, follow where your heart feels like it, it's pulling you uh, and do that with everything in life. So, why do you why do you think you're sick why do you think you're so successful um i think a lack of shame is part of it <laughs> uh i will definitely force myself to be like i was told in training uh leave them bleeding so specifically with this job um I think I just don't let people say no unless they're really like getting tired of me being there and I can feel like they want to fucking wring my neck. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's from why I'm successful at this particular company in this particular job, I think is that just not taking no for an answer and making sure that I'm putting my best foot forward and trying to be likable. Um, why do I think I'm successful as a person in general is because uh, I did focus on creating a skill set that can make money. Uh, and you know i think that's important for everybody like there's a lot of people who go to school for you know dumbass degrees and sign up for you know a hundred thousand dollars and fucking student loan that they'll pay back for 20 years for a degree they're never going to use you know like i have friends that are fucking paying 700 dollars a month right now in student loans and they don't even work in remotely the industry that they got a degree in um so i feel like there's a lot of wasted mm. effort out there by people and i you know when i was 19 i got my first sales job i was good right out of the gate and i always felt like i could do sales um and i said what company doesn't need a good salesperson in some way shape or form you know none so be good at it and you will find success with things you're doing and you know trying to be you know not having a lack of shame and saying stupid things like i've said crazy things on this fucking podcast in the last hour i've been talking uh that lack of shame will allow you to kind of step out well, of the conversation a little more Nothing in this world happens unless something is bought or sold. And that's the reality. And I think that people don't unfortunately realize that, um, you know, sales is not a dirty word. Sales makes the world go round. Just said that's yes. Sales makes the world go round. It's, it is what it is. I mean, the last department to ever go when there's layoffs sales mm -hmm. right the safest job in a company sales you know assuming what's crazy what's that assuming that you're good enough to know what you're doing and be good for the company because then you'll be the first people 100 100 yeah i didn't mean to throw um, off there though my bad no no and uh 
Bro, this has been an amazing conversation. I've had like this, you know, I, I'm I'm stoked. I'm I'm excited to be doing this and walking down this path. And when you said you'd come on and you were excited about this, I was really, I was really happy about it. And uh, I, I, you know, I think everybody's been really supportive. And I'm actually surprised at the amount of people that are actually interested in this and interested in both coming on and listening to it. And and I can you know I can start to see that I think this is going to be really really positive. And 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 look, man, I'm going to get. There's a lot happening in the world, right? Like we are. There's so much bullshit happening with social media and politics and people hate each other. And it's, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so crazy, bro, even in our own business. And I know you're not really involved with this, but this really gets under my skin. It's like, I watch, you know, these like, you know, um, uh, uh, people who, uh, are, are, are out there, you know, peddling whatever kind of, you know, home services stuff or whatever it is. And like, it's all good. There's great, there's great stuff out there. I'm not saying that there isn't right. Um, there's great resources out there, but there's a lot of shady people out there too. And a lot of these people that are having these conversations with people are coming from a place of shadiness. They're not coming from a place that they're actually they're the intentionality is not to help the intentionality is that they're trying to you know there's something like under the surface they are trying to sell you something they are trying to you know roll you up whatever the case may be some of it is going to make these people a ton of money right but i but i wanted to have conversations like this because it shows more of like the human side of of what we do and the experiences that we go through and so that's where this is at. So before, sorry, man, I got on a little rant there, yeah. but uh, I'm passionate about it. And part of the reason why I started this was exactly for that reason. So that you could, you know, listen in, if you're whatever, a service technician, you're, you know, in HVAC sales, in-home sales, whatever you do, clean houses, I don't care. You're working in somebody else's house. And I thought that this was something, you know, obviously it's called sales tales. So it's going to lean, you know, heavy towards that, but that's where that's where this comes from, man. And I'm 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 happy to be your friend. I'm 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 really uh, I'm really stoked, man. Um, any last words before uh, any last thoughts words before we 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 get out of here? I mean, I think that we covered the stories that I had uh, written down for the most part. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like the concept of this, man. We, you know, like I, I feel. Like I, like I said before, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I do a, a podcast with a couple of my buddies, uh, but I'm stuck in it's just Giants. Like it's just an NFL, 90% Giants, 10% NFL. And then I'm, we're kind of trapped with like within the category that we are. So something yeah. like this, like you can, you can touch on so many different things. Um, yeah. This is, this is the Joe Rogan podcast for, uh, for 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 people who are in sales or work in somebody else's house yeah yeah and it's it's cool too because like like we said we, you don't most people you're not going into so many houses so you have an opportunity to like kind of like get a get a um a view into like really what humanity looks like you know if you listen to you get, but when you're 100 episodes in and you got 100 different people on here with 15, 10 stories each person. It's a pretty good sample size of the population because you're going to think everybody lives like you. They fucking don't. <laughs> I promise you. There's some fucking weirdos out there. Oh, dude, it's crazy. And and actually, it, it will open your eyes to how sheltered we really are as people when you yeah. start to see how many types of types are there. I'll tell you what. This was something that came up today. 
and I'm going to actually pull it up and I'm going to end on, on this story because I had put a post out there and I had asked some people to like, you know, tell a story that happened to you. And this guy actually submitted this story to me and it was absolutely bonkers. Okay. So this guy was working in Florida and they were doing HVAC in a, um, in a, 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 a garage. Okay. Like a nine car garage, like in Sarasota, Whoa. something crazy. Um, and, uh, I want to get the story right. So I'm looking at the notes he's got here. Okay. So he looks across the way and he notices a house that he was in seven years prior. And he remembered the house because the woman in the house had become There's spiteful. Robot with nipples out? No, sorry. Yes. <laughs> the woman in the house. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, the woman in the house had become spiteful with her 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 husband at the time, her ex-husband. Ooh, this is juicy. And she took Yeah. She so she had taken he had a 1965 Corvette and she chopped it up into pieces, took it apart and she put a large portion of it in the attic. He went up to look at the air handler and he noticed he noticed that they had put a part of, of a Corvette in there and she had other pieces like lying around. Right. So uh, I think they were in the yeah, they were disassembled and they were hiding it in the attic. Um, so seven years later, he's at the house next door or nearby and the house had been vacant because of the, the housing bust. So he was like, Hey man, we could go in that attic and we could get that Corvette. If we only had the frame, the frame, we just need the frame, everything else, all the parts were there. Everything was there. Like a week wow. earlier, like a week earlier, the the guy who he was doing the work for in the garage, he was a motorhead. He had all sorts of vets and all sorts of cars. His wife had found a hunk of metal in their yard. And she had called the scrappers to come get the hunk of metal. It uh -huh. was the frame of the 65 vet that she had scrapped. Ended up across the street or nearby in this person's backyard. So, this sounds like yes. some kind of so, fucking science fiction thing. So I don't know. Had, he, life. had she kept, had she kept it there? Had she kept the, 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 the frame there just like a week or two earlier, they would have had all the parts to reconstruct a 1965 Corvette. That is wild and i don't even how did this woman chop up this car like she took it apart dude, and, and just like that's insane dude I, yeah i don't know she said that the engine and transmission were, were up there like she was on the ladder and saw them upstairs um it's so heavy and, though uh, this dude, is crazy this listen i'm just telling you what this guy told me and I'm, i got no reason not to believe that guy but that's a nutty nutty story that is nutty
but but the key is is that the guy who is building the garage building this huge house or his wife had thought it was just a hunk of metal and just had it scrapped and thrown away yeah uh go look up what prices are on night on frames for 1965 corvettes yeah i was gonna say why can't you just buy a new frame how much are go, they go 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 look them up <laughs> how much is a frame for a 1965 corvette Uh, $5,000, $6,500, $20,000, God damn, $7,500. So a lot. It's a lot. But yeah. if you, I mean, right, if this if I, it's worth it. If you know how to put it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, if that's a minimal investment. If you could turn fucking 10 grand into a hundred, then. <laughs> yeah. So, so, turn on so, investment. so, so Jim, so Jim Varnold from uh, Sarasota, Florida, that story was, uh, thank you for submitting that story. Um, Johnny D, man, I love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too, bro. Thank you for having me on. Thank you again for coming from the wedding. Uh, I appreciate you being a part of it. You are one of my favorite people alive. Um, I'm not just saying that because I'm on your podcast. I truly mean of the, all the people I've ever had in my life, you are one of my favorites I've ever had. Just a fucking ray of ray of sunshine that you are uh and probably the only man i'll ever let dance with my fucking wife um which <laughs> much love man much love all right brother all right later man thanks